This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Pleasure now to be joined uh, at the moment by uh, former Labor Secretary Tom Perez, currently the co-chair of American Bridge 21st Century. Tom, great to have you with us. Thanks very much for a few moments today. Oh, it's great to be with you and all of your listeners. Thank you, sir. So let me get your reaction to the numbers today and kind of the pattern we've seen the last few months in terms of the labor force and where you think we are at the moment. Uh, This is another solid report, 431,000 jobs in March. You look at the first quarter, I I always uh, look at trend data. You know, what's, what's been happening over not just one month, but over months. And we're looking at almost 1.7 million jobs in the first quarter of the year. Uh, the unemployment rate at the pre-pandemic moment, you know, February of 2020, was 3.5%. Our unemployment rate is now 3.6%. And, and this is wide-ranging growth. Uh, that's what is uh, another thing that excites me. And what's really interesting is I tend to compare where we are now with the recovery from the Great Recession uh, we are on pace to recover uh, the jobs that we lost eight years, eight years faster than the Great Recession. That's yeah. pretty remarkable. And, uh, you know, we again, employers, workers have leverage. You know, employers are looking for workers. And uh, when workers have leverage, wages go up. A little bit, obviously, of a unique dynamic when you look at those two and the fact that, you know, the government obviously had to step in uh, uh, now in the time of the pandemic because of of what had occurred. And really, obviously, the the, the, the financial crisis more than a decade ago really obviously put a, a, a hurt on the American economy. But, you know, it was something that was driven a lot by uh, by big business in this country. Right. I mean, the. the- the, the reason I bring up the Great Recession is I think one of the lessons learned from looking now versus the Great Recession is the American um, you know, Recovery Act in uh, 2009. Uh, I, I know, you know I was working in the Obama administration at that point. Uh, the president got as much as the politics of the moment would uh, permit. Uh, the right. stimulus bill was... Uh, you know, something like uh, $800 billion. We had a much more muscular uh, stimulus bill, the American Rescue Plan and the infrastructure bill. This time around, I think the um, you know, President Biden and others got it right. They understood that we needed to invest more or else we would slip into a remarkably bad spiral. And that's a big difference. Uh, we, we saw three times, basically, more investment this time around, and, and be learned. Joined that by happened. former labor. Yes, we have inflation, but you know, that, and, and, and inflation's very real. Um, but um, I would rather be dealing with some of the challenges we are dealing with now than the plight of the long-term unemployed. When I was labor secretary, we were dealing with the plight of the long-term unemployed, and that was a really, really big issue because – the stimulus wasn't enough. And so let me get your thoughts on, on right now. With uh, And, you know, one of the statistics that I follow a lot, and I'm sure you do as well, 
is labor force participation. And here we are, you know, as you said, uh, two years in, we're at 62.4%, obviously a lot better than where we were at the uh, bottom end uh, more than a year ago, still with some room to try and pick back up before we get back to pre-pandemic levels, uh, and, and still some dynamics out there which I think we don't fully understand. And part of it, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, is the level of people who quote unquote retired in the early days of the pandemic. And because of some of these dynamics at play right now, how many of those people may still come back into the labor force in the next few months? Right. Well, that's uh, something we're certainly watching very carefully. So the pre pandemic labor force participation rate was 63.4%. We are now, we've now inched up to 62.4%. So we're 1% lower than where we were pre-pandemic. Uh, it's, we're making progress. Uh, that's how I would describe it. We still have more work to do. And as you know, um, and you've discussed on this show, women disproportionately yep. left the labor market during the uh, depths of this pandemic. Why? Because women are disproportionately caregivers at home. And, uh, and we're seeing uh, those participation rates rise again. That is a good thing. We, we need to continue to monitor this. The other thing that's starting to happen, which I think is a good thing, is folks are um, starting to get back into their offices. Uh, you know, sometimes I'd go to, I'd go to downtown Washington, D.C., and it, it looked like it had been struck by a neutron bomb. The buildings were intact, but, you know, where were the people? You're starting yeah. to see people come back. I think that's a good thing. Uh, for our economy. And, and I'm really glad you asked about the labor force participation rate, because that's one of the um, that's one of the data points I monitor very, very carefully. And I'm heartened that we're this close. I mean, if, if the second quarter job growth is the same as the first quarter job growth in 2022, mm-hmm. we will have erased all of the job loss pre-pandemic. Um, that's pretty remarkable given that we lost, I think, 22 million jobs at the depths of the pandemic. This is warp speed recovery. Let me ask you about what you just touched on about getting back into the office because there is a dynamic, you know, obviously at play in the heart of the pandemic of people working from home, and there's going to be a component of remote work that's going to continue on, I think the expectation is, for a lot longer uh, now uh, because of, as you said, how the, the worker seems to have an advantage here in terms of kind of calling their shot, in terms of what they want, the benefits that they want, et cetera. So how do you think a component of, of remote work is going to impact the economy longer term, no matter what that, that level is at this point? Right. right. We, I don't think anybody knows what the new normal will look like, or some might call it the new abnormal. Uh, I, I think uh, one, one thing, and I think this is a good thing that we have learned from this pandemic, is that people can be productive working at home. I think there was a reluctance on the part of many employers to allow people to work from home because they thought that productivity would diminish. And what we saw, and I talked to so many businesses um, who said, you know, we were able to get things done. Necessity was the parent of ingenuity and innovation, and we got it done. So I think we're going to, I think the new normal is going to be a hybrid model. Uh, and, you know, you look at the areas where we still have a lot of room for growth in this um, economy and leisure and hospitality, while it's coming back and last month it had a very good month, we're still a million and a half jobs below uh, where we were pre-pandemic. And 
the reason I bring this up is you, you go to downtown areas where you have businesses concentrated and, you know, they're still not back uh, to yeah. anywhere remotely uh, resembling 100%. So that will take a while. But I actually think hybrid models of, of work from home are going to be, they have great potential to be win-win. Uh, here in the nation, uh, in the, uh, the DMV, as we call it, the, uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, we have a lot of gridlock here. And yes. if you reduce traffic on the roads by 10, 15 percent, that's a game changer. And I think this hybrid model is going to enable us to make some real progress in, in addressing some of these ancillary challenges we have. Tom, my kids play soccer, and I, they had to be down in a tournament in Virginia last fall, and it was a nightmare trying to get through there well, to get through D.C. to I go to Virginia you. for the tournament. I hear Virginia. you, and uh, it's, it's very interesting. Now, I mean, if, if you reduce traffic by 10 to 15% per day because you have been able to uh, work out these hybrid arrangements, uh, that literally is a game changer. And yeah. I'm monitoring that very, very carefully because I actually think that creates real win-win solutions. Again, this pandemic has taught so many employers that their workers can be trusted and they should rely on that trust. At the same time, I think there's real value to being in an office, um, especially for our, my kids' generation. My kids are 25, 23, and in college. And so much of the learning I did when I was just entering the workforce as an entry-level um, uh, career prosecutor was going down in the proverbial water cooler conversation down the yeah. hall. I had, a, yeah. I had a formal supervisor, but I also had many, many mentors who were not my supervisors. They were my colleagues. And that learning that I got from them was invaluable. And, and that's why I, I, I think we desperately, at a minimum, need these hybrid models so that the learning that takes place, especially for the Gen Zers and uh, the Gen Xers who could really benefit from that, I, I want to see that um, those opportunities continue. So let me play off of that because, as you were saying that, you think about the businesses that are in some of these cities, and a lot of them are small businesses. And we, we know how much small business was also impacted by the pandemic as well. We thought that obviously, you know, many of them were able to start to, you know, get their feet underneath them again. But a lot of these ones, the, you know, the small, uh, the small sandwich shops or, or the, uh, you know, the cleaners or whatever it is that are in some of these downtown locations still are having a hard time to kind of get yeah. their feet underneath them because those office buildings are, you know, 10%, 20%, 30% full at this right. point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I had to relearn how to tie a tie. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I uh, you know, my slippers were my work shoes for a while there. Uh, right. And uh, you just, there's so many ancillary impacts on the economy, whether it's restaurants, whether it's uh, dry cleaners. I mean, the dry cleaner that I go to, uh, for quite some time was open only three or four days a week because there's just there was no demand uh, that justified them to be there any longer. So, I mean, there are going to be disruptions that I, I, I think for some are going to be permanent. Um, but I, I, this is uh, what this jobs report to get back to. And, and what we see over the last year and a half is we have a remarkably resilient economy. Look at what's going on. We, we have 
a global unrest. We have a global pandemic. Uh, we have so many challenges, and yet uh, we have an unemployment rate of 3.6%. Um, we, have, um, we have grown 8.4 million jobs since the uh, start of 2021. 8.4 million. That's over a half a million jobs a month. Um, employers are resilient. Workers are resilient. This economy is resilient. Boy, do we have challenges. There's no, no denying that. We have to deal with um, inflation and the supply chain challenges. That's very, very real. But I'll tell you, um, I'm just I'm I'm always remarkably amazed at the resilience of of this nation and our economy. More work to do, um, but um, really solid job report and 8.4 million jobs added since the beginning of 2021. Um, that's pretty remarkable in this moment. Let me quickly ask you about uh, one other statistic, which I think is important to, to bring into the conversation, and that's the quits rate, which, uh, you know, it, it's a unique sure. dynamic because if you look at it at face value, probably a lot of people would say, wow, we got so many people quitting our job. But in the dynamic of what's been going on, most of those people have been quitting one job to go to another because they've been able to get better yeah. benefits, better work from home, et cetera. So it, it's a unique dynamic. So how do you see this quits rate playing out? Because it's still above 4 million at this point. And it seems like even though maybe we're hearing calls that the great resignation may be slowing down, it doesn't seem like it at least yet, just yet. Yeah. I, I um, Workers have leverage. I mean, and, and you're, I think the point that you make in, your, in the body of your observation and question is a really important point. And that point is workers are leaving because they have other options. I, you know, one of, the, one of the byproducts of this pandemic is that there was a period of time where people couldn't go to work. Uh, I yeah. mean, everything was shut down. And it forced them, uh, they, they got off the dance floor and got onto the balcony. They looked down at their life and they said, you know, I want something different. I want something better. I want better work-life balance. I, I, want, uh, I want to switch careers. And we see people doing that. And uh, at the moment, workers have leverage to do that. And so yeah, I, I, this notion of a great resignation, I, I've never used that term because I actually see I, I see it as a moment of great leverage for workers, and and that's what's happened now. And I I applaud workers who are saying I want more, I want I want I want more pay, I want more I want more voice in the workplace, I want I want something that's going to feed my soul in a way that my current job or my former job wasn't. Uh, that's what's happening, and and um, and that's why I think. You know, investments that we made in, um, you know, workforce training and, uh, and, and human capital are so critically important. Uh, I used to refer to the Department of Labor as uh, Match.com. You know, we match <laughs> job seekers, you know, seeking to punch their ticket to the middle class with employers uh, seeking uh, to grow their business. And, and the employers I talk to right now, uh, you know, the two issues that are uh, top of mind are access to capital and access to workforce. Um, yeah. And uh, that those are the two issues I hear uh, time and time and time again. And I think that that's a really important role that government can play, state government, uh, federal government uh, and, and local government. And and this moment in time, I think is a, I, I look at these quits 
as a sign that workers want more. And I applaud that. Great to have you with us today. Thank you, Tom. All the best. Great to be with you. Have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for all you do. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.